If stand-up comedy was not actually invented in New York, it was certainly perfected there in the 20th century. So moving to New York earlier this year, team member Bridget Leslie wanted to experience this art form live. She ended up in the front row and later interviewed the comedian who confesses to her that he often tells jokes that make his audience wince. I'm happy to be here talking to the former island of criminals, Australia. That's that's pretty nice. It's good. I've always, you know, as someone who got their start in comedy, making ex-cons laugh, I think I can make, you know, your people laugh now. So it's laughing, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Now, I saw you uh, perform uh, a couple of weeks ago with an Australian friend of mine, and we got the privilege of sitting front row. Uh, it was an awesome show, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I think you're being too kind, but thank you. I appreciate that. You've appeared at the New York Comedy Club. You've got your own podcast, and we'll talk about that some more. Where did it all start with you? Where did this particular journey in comedy start? Well, I already mentioned uh, briefly in my joke, but I did work at a factory for a long time, about a year. And I worked with a bunch of ex-cons. And like, or at least it's a lot of like okay. um, surly characters. And they, um, I, I would always joke with them and make them laugh. And a few of them were like, hey, man, you're pretty funny. You should just try doing stand up. And I sort of figured from there that if I could make, you know, hardcore criminals laugh or just, you know, hardened men laugh, I figured I could make other people laugh too. So, I just, from there, I just started writing and um, just from that, I went to open mics. It's, that's kind of the big catalyst. You know, um, I thought you were joking when you talked about criminals. It's true. You actually worked with them. That's yeah. Yeah. I, well, a little while ago, I had gotten arrested for uh, selling weed back home, back when it was illegal here. I'm, I think it's still illegal in Australia, but I had little options. So I had to take a job where I worked with Um you know, criminals. So it was, it was interesting. I, I wouldn't have worked there if I didn't have to, you know what I mean? So. Right. Okay. Well, I won't press you on, on that. Although I should... oh, you don't have to, it's, it's up to you. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you've got firsthand experience then with Australians. You yeah, I guess, so. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, tell me, were you the funny one in the family always? Or just, um, you didn't know that you had that, funny bone uh i don't know about always my family actually they all think they're pretty funny so that i it's kind of weird i think when i started doing stand-up a lot of people in my life who already thought they were funny were like you think you're funny well maybe i should do stand-up and that that's annoying but (laughs) other than that no that um my family though is very supportive so other you know other than a few silly comments but other than that they're yeah they're very supportive and uh and yeah. you, the first time you performed open mic oh yeah yeah you, you say can i remember sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. tell oh, me yeah. about um well so i had a friend uh a friend's girlfriend who was doing stand-up so i messaged my friend and was like hey i see your girlfriend's doing stand-up do you think she could uh show me how to go to an open mic or whatever and he's like yeah so my friend's girlfriend brought me not well we, she sent me the information but i went to an open mic in my hometown in middletown connecticut and it was just a bar 
on our like main street drag, whatever you want to call it. It's just, you know, a small bar. And there was, I think four people there, like at the bar, just having drinks and then a bunch of comics. And I went up and I did my jokes, but they weren't like, they were not good. I did not do well. I did pretty <laughs> bad, but I, I remember when I got off being like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And as long as I can remember it better next time, I think I can do this again. And then I just started doing it after that. But it was very nerve. It was nerve wracking the first time, like because it's a lot different. Like usually people, when they do things on stage, they have it's just it's so much different than when you're looking at someone do it. So once you get, I, I don't know, once I got over those nerves, everything was fine. So. Yeah, and it must be hard, you know, watching people in the crowd with their arms folded. Someone who's not yeah. Or even, like I said, there were people at the bar. Sometimes, A lot of times, if you're doing open mics, mm-hmm. there's people at those bars who are so who don't care or are just used to you being there and kind of use you as background noise. So you're kind of talking to the back of people's heads sometimes. And that yeah. is never ideal for stand-up. So. so how do you deal with that? Um, well, as I've grown doing stand-up... Um, you learn two things. You either ignore it completely, which is completely ex- is acceptable. But if you can be silly enough, just try to, you can try to get them to turn around. Like you just go, Hey, you green shirt back to me. How's the game? Like just, just start. I, or start, I've made fun of the TV they're watching to get them to like, you just watch the back of their head. And if it starts moving, you, mm-hmm. they, you know, you just keep hammering them with jokes and, usually they'll turn around for at least a little bit to see what you're doing. And if that's, that's a win for me, but sometimes you can't break, you can't break an old guy who's like six beers deep and is like really into the, the Yukon Huskies. You know what I mean? You're not gonna, he's not going to break. He's just going to keep it his game. So he's going to keep yeah. going. Uh, yeah. So- must be great at people watching. I, I mean, the first I time love it, yeah. I saw you, you actually had jokes about Australia and you didn't know we, we were going to be in the crowd. No, you... not at all. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you must, how do you get your material? And then how do you relate to people that you, you don't know where we're coming from? No, no. Um, uh, I watch a lot of movies. So anything I've sort of heard in movies, I'll uh, regurgitate into a joke or a reference from the people where I came from. Like, I remember when I saw you guys, I've only heard that in movies. I think it's literally in Tropic Thunder when the guy, he, the, Robert Downey Jr. is Australian. And one of the other guys knows he's Australian and makes fun of him and says, like, I'm sorry, a dingo ate your baby. And yeah, he's like, whoa, you can't say that. So I remember when I saw you guys, I brought that up because I just know that from Tropic Thunder. And I have Googled it before, too. Like, I've heard that's a it's like a national tragedy. But um, sorry to bring that up. But um, I, I really if I know anything about anywhere, I'll and it's slightly silly or maybe you shouldn't bring it up like a, like a tragedy or something. But it's like far, far gone. It, I usually will bring it up. Anything I can Google that's like a silly fact about a country, I'll find out. Like, and I also too try to I do sit in the back during shows 
and try to listen to what people are doing or saying or how they're acting and try to get a, a gauge of where they're from. I think I asked you guys where you're from immediately when I was on stage. So that was a little, because it was not a huge audience, but um, yeah, I had to ask you guys something. So. Oh, that's pretty. I liked it. I like the fact that you knew something about uh, Australia. Are there boundaries to what you will and won't? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I go it, not, to an extent, like I, I think I've learned through doing stand-up and I still make this mistake sometimes is as much as I like humor that makes people kind of wince, but then laugh because they're like, Oh, I can't believe that they said that I've learned that doing crowd work and being silly with people, it's better to be silly than to go for the jugular. If that makes sense. Like you don't always want someone to freak out at what you said or have a reaction you just want people to laugh. So what I've learned is instead of if you see something on like if you see someone who has a weird hat, don't be like, oh, look at your stupid hat. Just look at them and go, nice hat, man. Where'd you get that? Like the the crazy hat store. Like that's a really this is bad. This is a bad joke, but it's just silly enough where they'll be like, oh, ha, you're you're not hurting them. It's better to just make fun of the thing. If that I know that sounds redundant but yeah i've learned that that it's better to just um make like just to be silly about things try not as much as i think offense is funny clearly by the name of my podcast which we'll get into it's like you gotta make everyone feel welcome and happy so you know it unless the tone is already there a comic has gone up before you and it's kind of made broken down all the barriers you can go up and kind of say whatever but if it's early in the show and you're just getting people warmed up, you might want to go up and just be softer on them. You don't have to hit them with the sharp side of the hammer is what I yeah, call it. Absolutely. And it does take uh, a lot of emotional intelligence to be in your art form talking about your podcast. Let's just talk about yeah. that. podcast. How did that start? Um, well, I, I, every comic now has a podcast, as I'm sure you know. I had start, I was... Uh, looking for something else to do at the time besides stand-up and I always wanted to do a podcast and I'd already started I believe I believe I started one with my other friend and it was about movies and we just it just didn't we couldn't schedule it the right way so that one died and then I started another one with two comedians who were my roommates at the time and they also didn't it just didn't work out so we stopped doing that one so I was like well I'll do one on my own Cause I actually want to do this and I wanted to do a podcast where I, I don't know if you've checked out episodes, but it's very much what it is now where it's just me and one or two other comics. And we just sit down and riff and joke about anything, just riff about life and be silly. And I wanted to do that under a, a name that would get people kind of get their attention right away and make them like a lot of podcasts have names like uh, 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 two bears, one cave. That's Tom Segura and Bert Kreischer. Where they they it, the name is silly, but they talk about whatever. Like they they can be, they talk about you know offensive things, pop culture, whatever. But what I've noticed happening in life is people will kind of take what you say on podcasts out of context and try to be like, oh, he they said a mean thing here, they said something crazy here, and 
oh, how do you know they were serious or not? So uh, I figured I'd make a podcast that had a name that people would hear and go, oh, this is clearly a joke. And like, I'm in on it right away if you get it, which is why I named it Yes Offense, because most people, when they say something like, hey, no offense, um, that is usually followed by the most offensive thing they could say to you in that moment. So I just said, let's cut through the nonsense and just call it yes offense because that's usually what people mean anyway. And um, it's also the double entendre of like, you know, it's not no offense. It's yes offense. Like you should, this is not, we're, we're we're not, um, we're not even giving you a a preface of like, Oh, hold on. This isn't, you know, this might not be for you. It's like, no, this probably isn't for you, but if it is, come on in, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah, I kind of just wanted to make a podcast where everything can be silly and you shouldn't take it seriously, no matter how crazy it is. But, um, and I think I do a good job of that with the name. And if you've, if anyone listens to an episode, there's a huge, not huge, but I have like a disclaimer in the beginning. That's like, Hey, uh, chill out don't don't take anything we say seriously just have fun listen to the podcast yeah put put cancel culture on hold yeah well i yeah i get annoyed with cancel culture because like they i don't know it it, they go after things that aren't like cancel culture to me if cancel culture the people who do the cancel canceling they go after people they hound them they harass them online they try to get them fired from jobs if those same people focus their attention on politicians, uh, big pharma uh, CEOs, any people who actually affect our lives, we might have a better world because these people harass people into oblivion or get them, they make them lose millions and millions of dollars. And this is just an entertainment. So if they actually focus their canceling on a real world issue, we might have better things going on, but they don't, they're lazy. And anyone who gets involved in canceling someone who the media reveals is just a pawn, in my opinion, because it's like, oh, this person's in trouble. I'll get on there. You know, I'll go in now and I'll harass them. When in reality, they could just, they could go after actual bad people, but they don't because they're not told to. Cancel culture is just told by, like whoever's in the news that day, that's what the mob goes after. It's not a real, it's so it's trivial, honestly. So I I do try to get ahead of it though, a little bit of like, Hey, if you're trying to cancel somebody, like go after anybody else. Like, I don't know. I I have no power. If that, (laughs) I have no power. I want to make that clear. So. Well, uh, Australians are going to love your shows. It's winter in Australia, summer here. Lots of people come to New York City to visit. Where can they find you next in the market? Oh, um, I mean, if you want to check out my Instagram, it's Silly Selly on Instagram. All S's, no spaces, I at the end. Uh, I post all my dates there. We're not sure whether Bridget Leslie squirmed in her seat at the stand-up comedy, but she enjoyed her chat with the New York comic. 